Hey there, hi there, how are you doing? It's Everett alongside Kyle, and we're back with another episode of Between Two Posts. And again, you heard me correctly, Kyle is back, back in the house. Um, Kyle, what's new? Uh, I mean, it's been a while. Uh, my last pod was pre uh, my NHL career, so. Um, oh yeah oh we yeah got, we got a lot to catch up on uh but i mean we're doing pretty good it's a busy season of painting right now so just trying to grind through it and uh keep people happy yeah it definitely makes it tough when you're in uh all over the world and you're globe trotting but you know what somebody's got to see those sites and it better be you oh yeah uh it was it was definitely more of a trip than a vacation wasn't uh wasn't very relaxing or like you know re-energizing i got home and i felt absolutely dead so i told you this before and i'm going to say this again and one thing that you're going to learn now being freshly married and me being seven years this december into a relationship vacations with a significant other slowly go from relaxing to becoming a endless chore list of things yeah, that we oh, have yeah. to do when we get to a b and c place so uh welcome to that world pal yeah yeah it was uh, a lot of running around i'm thankful she did she scheduled in naps for me which are probably the only reason like we still came back on the same plane together but i mean other than that it was good we got a lot done i just you know it's tough to come home and then have to go to work and feeling like i i there were probably a couple of days i someone would ask me a question. I didn't even know where I was. I was just like, I, I don't know what's going on. So, well, that's kind of you like day to day, even not after a trip and not in the business. Exactly. Season. So oh, that's, that's just <laughs> standard coding. Yeah. yeah. Um, the things I want to talk about, well, this is kind of uh, predated now, but we had P hats. That was a good time in Marco Island. We got to hang out and uh, see a lot of the equipment managers. Um, I did want to give a shout out to Brad, the dog Thompson out in Grand, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins. He won a monstrous award that I think only two equipment managers ever have won before from the P hats fem conference. And it's like man of the year. So I was very, very happy for uh, the dog out there to win that. Congratulations and happy retirement to Dana Hines. Who's been a big fan, a uh, big supporter of Vaughn Vaughn custom sports, uh, him and Scotty Hughes go way back to the Viper days when Dana was here. Dana's originally a Johnstown man after, uh, you know, kind of making his way up. He was in Pittsburgh for quite a long time. And it, I don't know if you listen to that Chicklets episode where uh, Wit, Biz, and Merles and those guys who were with Pittsburgh talked about it. But, like, Dana did such a fantastic job with that team when he was on the road. It felt like a home game. There's, you know... Pittsburgh oh, yeah. Penguins this, Pittsburgh Penguins this, all over the locker room. And when you're in – people don't understand it. When you're in a visiting uh, arena and you're the visiting team, you know, like everything that that team has is plastered all over the walls, logos, everything like that. And Dana went out of his way to make sure that wherever these guys were, wherever the pens were, they felt like they were at home. Yeah. When I uh, when I went out to St. Louis for that trip, um, they were playing the pens. And so – I got to see behind the scenes of everything. And they told me ahead of time, they're like, yeah, like no one does it like Pittsburgh does. And then when I saw it, it's unbelievable. Every St. Louis logo in the area of where the, the penguins were covered up with either a Pittsburgh logo or like tape and just like, they, they take it over. They have flags, they have like floor mats, carpet logos, 
banners. They bring their, their Stanley cup banners. They hang up there. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's a totally different world. So, um, Kyle, have you been keeping up with the beef I have with a much, much larger, uh, hockey personality? Yes, I, I have been following along with that and, you know, nothing for nothing, but you, you haven't said anything false. I'll put it that way. Everything you've said has been pretty accurate. Uh, your accusations of him. So, I mean, again, he's I'm never going to hear this. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about the Nasher. Yeah. The Nasher's is never yeah. going to hear this, but at the end of the day, whether it's like at the level that he plays roller at, I can skate out and beat him. Like you want to go three bar. You want to put that a goalie in the net. You want a one V one. He's playing single a in, in state wars and stuff. Yes, he's playing like D level Miha stuff yeah. and he's posting clips where like some guy. Now, this, I'll give Nasher credit. This guy went to take a run at him and he bodied him. Somebody went to take a run at Nasher and Nasher, you know, leveled him. So, like, to get caught on film, uh, that's tough taking that L. But, like, that just, it's the level when you watch these clips, or she's so bad and he's so bad at hockey, but he's this giant personality. And to me, it drives me nuts. Um, yeah. you want to put me in net? You want to do like I don't know, like a Dave Portnoy shootout? We can do that. Whatever you want to do. If you hear this, Nasher, like I'll come to Columbus. We can meet in Indiana. We can find a home, like a like a what do you call it? A neutral site. Whatever you want to do, I will beat you hands down. You set the wagers, whatever it is. Like it's gonna be easy. Cakewalk. I could do I just, skating out. I could play out. Yeah, I could play player, uh, and I'm better than that. He's I so did. bad. I just don't have respect for anyone who plays in like legitimate tournaments and games with a GoPro on. No, it's embarrassing. Just, it's embarrassing. There was, there was one guy, not him, but uh, another like, I don't know, so-called influencer who, who did that at one of the Florida cups and it, it came off during play and someone thought it was like the puck. So they like wound Stop up on, on the GoPro. <laughs> like they shot the GoPro. Good. Good. That's what they should do. I yeah. mean, now, given there are a couple of people that are very good, I know Pavel Barber is very good at doing his little dangles, his dances, and his moves. But like, he's playing against goalies that are like, you know, I don't know. Um, that elevate guy though is very he's nah. gross, like nah. disgusting. So is and so he plays the, and he's gross. The um. The hockey, what is it? The hockey guy who like th throws up the stick and like with the puck. Oh yeah, like the stick flippy kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like that's, he's good too. That's wild. I mean, definitely like has zero application to hockey, but like, yeah, it's crazy what he's what he's. I mean, that should be a sport of its own of like juggling with hockey or something. There's way way dumber sports out there. I mean, darts. I'd watch I'd watch this hockey stick guy before I'd go watch someone throw darts or or bowling. I think I'd rather get dragged behind an F-150 uh, on concrete than watch darts or puck juggling. But yeah, like I get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kyle, congratulations. Not only did you have a, a, a pro warm up in the National Hockey League, but you also won a cup this year. Give us a little more insight on that run and oh, that incredible team the, that you put together. Unfortunately, not the, the cup we wanted. Um, lightning fell a little bit short, but about i don't know a week after that we did bring home the roller hockey single a national championship title so you know 
made uh it's like they're like this they're this far yeah. off in each yeah they're other basically in terms of like comparability yeah they're they're pretty close to each other uh saw rig the same weekend too so he knows you know what it's it's you know he plays in both also so he gave roller hockey a little bit of credibility um <laughs> but um yeah no what a what a tournament i think we went like either seven or eight and oh didn't lose a game just it's kind of crazy a lot of people accuse us of sandbagging so for those of you who don't know single a is like the lowest division in, in nationals and um this isn't a good start well i just have to put this out there because like we we like mercy teams in playoffs like we dominated but the year before we brought the exact same team and granted yeah we do have division one players uh qmjhl players uh pro guys like we who are ice guys? No one's roller guys. We're just a bunch of ice guys who like to have fun. And the year before, we didn't win a game. So now we're thinking, like, like this tournament's so hard. Roller hockey's so good. And I think it was just, like, I don't know. Either we didn't understand the game style or, you know, just got a tough draw of, of harder teams. But then this year, like, we came ready to go. Like, there was a, a mission. And, uh yeah, we, we smoked everybody. So now, Kyle, do you remember how many teams were in A signed up? Did you count like them? 40 or something, something ridiculous. So that is that is the one defense I'll give you, even though you guys are sandbagging sons of bitches. Uh, the one defense I will give you at roller tournaments that people don't understand, whether you're in A, double A, um, those two divisions or whatever, like State Wars had 70 A teams, 70 yeah. A ranked teams. So eventually they go to playoffs. They'll probably break it off. I don't know. I didn't do it, but they probably broke it off into an AB. So that way you can, you know, drop the bottom 40 teams and then the rest go through a giant playoff. Uh, but still to go eight, no, you had a good pool or whatever. Yeah. The playoffs oh, and, and you got a weird playoffs. shift, but like you beat four, there's 40 teams that didn't make it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm skating out in it too. So I'm not really one of the sandbaggers. I'm, I'd no, say that's I'm, right where you belong. Right, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sandbagging at our at all. But I did have a pretty nasty game-winning goal. Got a breakaway and purposely did the Kucherov, and it worked. So that was that was pretty cool. So yeah, if, if there's not live barn of that, then I I don't believe that. So yeah, well, it's roller. So pump your own tires. Oh, um, I, didn't, I didn't have. I didn't have my GoPro on me, so I didn't. <laughs> or your it. camera crew on the sides yeah. just filming yeah. everything from three angles um kyle i do real quickly want to breeze over we did a little coaching switch we picked up the you guys took blashel what are your thoughts there i'm kind of sad to be honest um i mean Lalan was just like a great guy and in terms of everything i've done with with the lightning a lot of my relationship was through either Frankie, the, the goalie coach, or Lalonde, who's the assistant. Um, and then obviously Cooper runs. He, Cooper's not running stuff with the e-bug. He's, uh, he's working on power play and PK and all the important stuff. So um, I had I, – I mean, he was – Lalonde was just so nice to me, like just a great guy. So I'm, I'm kind of sad that he's leaving. But, I mean, everything that Stevie Wise done in Detroit has just been the right move and – I, I think that's just another one. Uh, Detroit's really going to have a, a solid future. Um, I am excited because I think we're going to take this team to the moon. Um, 
I had never seen photos of Lalan before, but now that I that that was my first instinct. But the thing is that I do want to say, like, my only take on this, maybe it's a hot take, maybe it's cold, maybe it's mild. Um, I do think Blashell is a coach that knows what he's doing based off a different podcast I tried to start up, failed because I just couldn't put time into it. I had talked to players who played junior and college for both Blashell and Cooper and one with them and the one thing that he had they both they all compared when they said about Blashell is him and Cooper operate and work in the same fashions now Blashell wasn't given very like you talk about what Blash had when he started here versus when he left like when you when you have the egos that you do that are kind of exiting their careers, retiring, and then you get this like mashup of what um God, I can picture his face. Who's the guy in Edmonton, the GM? Come on. Um when you have what he was signing and those defensive deals that were so bad. Um was it Shirelli when he no, was there? No, it's Ken Holland. Ken Holland was here with the Wings. And all those signings and the players that pe- they picked up and like all these moves that were they were making were so bad. What are you going to do? Like if you're going to give me garbage, what do you want me to do? Make garbage art? Like there's it doesn't get better. It's still garbage. You paint garbage gold, what is it? It's still garbage. To some hipster, maybe that's a new collection, but it's still garbage, right? Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, I I truly think the reason Blash went to Tampa and they wanted to bring him in or, you know, flip that void is I think he does know what he's doing. I think he is a good coach. I just think right now in time and place, didn't have the resources and the staffing right now to, like, be able to execute like Tampa's doing. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. It'll, I mean, I think, you know, going into an assistant coaching spot, Blash won't take any heat and it'll kind of get lost. I give – I hope Lalonde is well here. I, I just think fans, like hockey fans, quote unquote, which me and Lion talked about, like we love them, but to understand the interest, intricacies of the game and understand what's actually going on, you can't blame a coach for a team that doesn't yeah. do well. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, Lalonde's going to do great in Detroit. And I just hope that Blash will like sea bugs. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was a goalie. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Big Fair State alum be like, oh, I spent some time in Michigan when you meet him. Yeah. Grand Valley, ever heard of it? Not yeah. far from Fair State. No big deal. Yeah. Um, outside of that, Kyle, what else is going on in the in the in the world that you want to talk about? I mean, just like I said, I haven't been home for like three weeks. So just going everywhere. Did a little family reunion in Minnesota. Um, I did forget the name or like the attractions in Minnesota when we were talking to, to Aaron. Yeah. You, yeah. You left me hanging there. I was, to be fair, that's, like I said, my brain's also been on vacation for the last month. So, um, but we did stop uh, at a, uh, a cheese farm, which was excellent. Um, so, you know, we drove like 45 minutes out in the country to, to go to barn guards uh, dairy farm great great experience and then uh oh family reunion played some cornhole games and man like so me and me and my brother chris were uh teammates and we went through the entire family and i mean multiple games of uh 21-0 a lot of 21 to 3 games just a 
absolutely dominant performance to the point where we had, I don't know, let's say there were 20 people there. And like, so we're playing on, on the game and then our opponents are with us. And the other like 18 people are sitting there booing me and Chris, like cheering against us, our family members, just like, and insulting us, chirping us. And we're still just waxing everybody else. So it was, that was a great time. Um, That's very embarrassing for the Midwest. I know they, they play out there. So my grandma actually has trophies from cornhole. Like she competed in, in tournaments. Now, granted she's 94. So us beating her right now probably doesn't say much, but, but the whole family, <laughs> the whole family is, is cut from the same cloth. Like they, they live for this. So for me and him to just show up over the weekend and, and, uh, teach him a lesson was you know ego's doing real good right now that's uh i mean being a midwestern guy that's embarrassing for a couple of boys from the south to come up and just you know teach you a lesson give yeah you gave everybody in the fa- conan family a spanking yeah i do have um, to get that's your uh, show one, one shout out to uh, my cousin mike they did they did beat us one game um so what happened was we were actually up like uh i think we had like 21 and they had like 19 or something. I forget the exact numbers, but basically uh, we had my Chris had one shot left and then my cousin Mike had one shot left. And if Chris could have have. Oh, if Chris, that's we were at 21. No, we were at 20. If Chris could have got it on the board without having theirs fall in the hole and it was like leaning right in the hole, um, we would have won. And if Mike could have thrown it and got one in the hole and and the other one knocked off the board or something like an impossible shot they would have won so chris i i loved his strategy he said I, rather than betting on myself i'm gonna bet against mike like there's no way he hits this shot As you and should. Especially, especially the way we were playing so i was like oh 100 so he just tosses his bag to the side now it's all on mike he's got to hit like this literally impossible shot of knocking one in the hole and knocking one off the board so you don't like go over and uh Sure enough, he does it, and it was it was pretty impressive. So, other than that, though, we didn't lose. But was Mike and Mike was your cousin in the yes, way? yes, you know Mike, yes, yes, that's, Mike, uh, Mike heats up quick. Yeah, Mike is uh, that's my favorite uh, cousin that was in the wedding. He was oh, yeah. a beauty. Yeah, so. <laughs> decent um, at bags, decent at bags too. So, anything else here, Kyle? Um, I mean. What's new with you? You just you just played in uh, pro at uh, State Wars, yeah. Pama Pama Pro Tournament, the Invitational. Yeah. We were a bubble bubble squad that barely got the invite. So, well, can we talk? I don't know if 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 we want to you know stir the pot too much. Does your goalie partner listen to the podcast? No. Okay, so maybe I mean, he does. I doubt yeah. it. I don't know. I. I I just, you know, say, I'm a, say what you got to say. Say what I'm you got to say. I'm a, bi- I'm a big, I'm a big Everett fan. You know, uh, number one Ev fan and Roller. I, I cheer him on every day of the week, and he was backing up in a, a big game against the, the Florida boys. Tyler Kraft and them goes to a shootout, probably a, I don't know seven round shootout, and Ev's, Ev's team couldn't couldn't get one safe. So I was just thinking, you know, you put Ev in. I think Ev could get at least one save and you win the game. So, um, I mean, it's I been know. done before. You've seen where they throw goal, <laughs> yeah, I've seen goalies in a shootout. Before. I don't know. It was just crazy to see, like, like I said, seven or eight rounds and 
um, like neither side could get a save. And it, it, it ended with one save on the other side. So, And you, you know what you do when you get into spots like that? I would say you just play deep and force them to shoot. Oh, and, no, I was going to say, because for me, I'm too small. Uh, you either throw a big po check or you just drop a, a too bad stack in there because they, they never see it coming. Yeah. Waiting for you to like outweigh slide left, slide well, right, they kept, you know, like open up. You kept getting beat on the, like, guys coming out challenging and like in roller, if you bite on anything, you're down, like, you're, you're down. down. And then they just walk around and, and, and tuck it in. So that was happening like every time. I'm like, why? Either just sit back or do what you said, like throw a poke check, just change it up. Yeah. I don't know. But when you keep doing the same thing and getting scored on, it was crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I give, I mean, I doubt DC listens to this, Daniel Collins. Uh, I give him a lot of love, man. Like first real big tournament. He actually played in the two tournaments that I got asked to do, but I was on trips for the summer and I suggested him to take my spot for both of them. Had a good couple weekends there and, uh, you know, the B cats, we wanted to lean on him and great goalie partner, great guy. And, you know, my job was to open the door, pump the tires and get all the boys ready to go. And, you know, I was a glue guy. They call me Elmer. So. It was good. It was fun. Oh, uh, one more thing before we go. Your uh, your experience down at the Epcot in Senor Donald. Oh, man. You want to talk about like, like we went down to Epcot. We flew down after the end of, uh, uh, De- no, Ro- Dev Camp Week. Yeah, Dev Camp Week, you know, five cities, five days, whatever. We, I, we, I planned a trip to go to Epcot at the end of this with Rhea. Well, and- also, also, um, stopped in tampa to to have lunch or breakfast with an nhl so yeah with an nhl goalie okay we can call it that uh anyways we make our way to epcot and you know like we we had this whole like plan we got to hit the rides we want to you know dodge lines blah blah blah. we're up there at 7 30 we you know we bang out all the rides we walk all over the park like three times um get some food and stuff but eventually we're passing mexico and i'd never seen this before and I got to see Mexican Donald Duck, Senor Donald. He had his sombrero and the the Afghan type thing. And I said, Rio, we have to get a picture. Uh, he was he was great. Senor Donald was great to me. He gave me a huge hug, like fully embraced me. And then we got a great picture together. Um, I know, everybody knows the mouse takes your money. Everything Disney related is going to be expensive. They're going to ask for a lot. And the cool thing about Disney is every time you take a photo and the way everything's linked, it goes like right to your phone, right? Like, you know that all those photos go right to your phone. Those were the only two photos we took that day besides rides and all the ride ones were like weird or like my eyes are closed or like, you don't know it's coming. And it's like, it looks awful. Um, we had two photos with senior Donald for those two photos for us to download everything in like the day pass of photos was $80. And we wanted two pictures for $80. There's absolutely no chance. Screenshot, Wait, crop it. You got the it. other one stuff? So you get all the photos for that, though, right? You get all the photos in okay. your in your app. You can't, you can't buy them individually? No. Oh, wow. You either buy all the day or you buy the weekend or what. $80 and I get two photos with Senior Donald? Not that important. I'll take the screenshots and the watermarks. Thank you very yeah. much. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. Kyle, anything else? No, that's it. That's all we got. So let's wrap up. Uh, get back on a normal schedule here and bring the pod back to make make the pod great again. 
Yeah, make the pod great again, uh, if it ever was great. But shout out to all the listeners. I mean, everyone's kind of locking back in with the last two episodes. We're going again. We're going to get back to week to week. Like, it's going to be a full effort. We have some big guests on the horizon. One today's Aaron Frankel. You're going to hear that shortly. We're working on getting Cam Johnson on, uh, Kelly Cup MVP, playoff MVP, excuse me, and Kelly Club uh, champion, and as well as Stanley Cup champion, Darcy Kemper. Um, So this is episode 33. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy this interview with Aaron Frankel. And we have a stunning guest. Uh, I can't believe we landed it. Aaron Frankel's with us, who had an amazing career, five years at Northeastern. Before that, she was at Shattuck, but we're going to talk all about that and all the records she set, uh, shutouts, save percentages, finishing the year with a less than one goals against average. It's incredible, but we're excited to have you. Aaron, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, excited. Um, I had you on the list. Is that a real stat? Less than one goal against? Yes. Did you just shake your head no, Aaron? Do you not know your own stats? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I mean, that's got to be like close. It's got to be close to like an NCAA record, if not like the record. I have it all here on our uh, our little prep sheet that we put together. But you go to Elite Prospects, you type in Aaron Frankel, um, number 33, incredible number, Northeastern. They have you listed 2021 season. 0.81 goals against average. So less than one goals, less than one goal every game. Incredible, Aaron. Is that good? I think so. <laughs> I mean, in terms of winning hockey games. Um, but anyways, going back to Aaron and where you came from, we have you down as what is where are you originally from? Chappaqua? What is that? Yeah, it's pronounced Chappaqua. It's a um a suburb of New York City. Uh, about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. And it's pretty small town. And that's where I grew up, um, play, or played all my youth hockey in Westchester, which is my county. And then um, my freshman year, I went to high school in Chappaqua. And then sophomore year was when I left for boarding school. So when you say Chappaqua is a suburb of New York, when I looked it up, like it's way north of like the city, right? It's like 40, 40 minutes um, to an hour, depending on traffic. Okay, cool. Um, so now, but other places, like I looked up USA and I looked up some of your other bios. Are you in New York, New York now, or what's that situation? Yeah, I'm, I'm home in Chappaqua right now. So, oh, okay. Yep. So I've, I've been home training mostly around New York, Connecticut area for this summer. Okay, very cool. Um I did see, I want to start off, you sold out your goalie camp this year, the first ever Aaron Frankel goalie school. How cool was that? It was awesome. Um, I was really excited to be able to do it. Uh, it ranged from eight-year-olds to 14-year-olds, so it was nice to have a variety of kids, and they were all really excited to be there. And I started small, only had one group of goalies. It was 16 of them, and um, it was just a weekend camp, and so um, – based on how it went and um, I had a really good time running it. I'm hoping to make it a little bit bigger or a bit longer for next year. Well, I think, I mean, in terms of camps, you kind of got to start somewhere, right? So you got to kind of get a feel for like, okay, what can we draw? And obviously doing it at, uh, it was at the Prudential Center, which is in New Jersey. 
like I'm sure you if you're able to set up something in Boston like considering like the career you've had at Northeastern that draws really well right but obviously being able to fill one in even the Prudential Center in New Jersey and fill your camp out and sell it out like that's pretty sick uh is your camp only like is it all girls goalies uh it was open to both boys and girls but all girls signed up so that's what we did okay very cool very cool um I wanted to ask because I looked up your major and I want to know what uh, what you got going on, because we did you did a five year with Northeastern, but it says you majored in criminal justice and psychology with a minor in Spanish. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if hockey didn't work out, did you want to be like uh, a detective maybe with that little psych background and maybe a little bit of Spanish in there? You can do a little um, bilingual dig. You know, it sounds interesting. I, I haven't thought too much about it. I originally thought about going to law school maybe but obviously the timing with hockey hasn't hasn't lined up yet um I'm definitely not crossing it out uh long term but um I would be interested in something in law um detective stuff does sound cool but I don't know if if it's quite for me I'm, I'm open um to to exploring what I like you know uh having played hockey most summers, I haven't really had the opportunity to do anything outside of hockey in terms of like internships, stuff like that. So um, hopefully in the near future, I'd gain some experience and kind of feel out where my, where my interests are. Cool. Well, for your fifth year at Northeastern, do you do a, that's a grad year at that point, or is that different because of COVID? Yeah. So I'm currently completing my master's, which I'll be done with in August. What's your Maybe this month. Awesome. Well, early congrats on that. What's your master's going to be in then? Thank you. It's in organizational leadership. Oh, okay. So you're kind of all over the place now. You could do anything. Yeah, it's pretty broad. I mean, it can probably be applied in a lot of ways, but it's been it's been interesting and it's just a one year program. So I was able to complete that um, with my COVID year, my fifth year and this summer as well. well that's awesome. Um, I do want to talk about your accolades. Like I said before we started here, I didn't realize, well, I did know because obviously we've been following and uh, watching your seasons and everything. Um, but when you go to the Northeastern roster and you look up Aaron Frankel, number 33, your awards and honors page is just like, it's so long. It takes up three scrolls. Um, but you won the 2021 uh, Patty Kazmaier Award. You earned Hockey East Player of the Year and Hockey Goaltender of the Year in 2021 season and MVP of the 2018 WHEA Championship. Uh, the list goes on and on. Like I could sit here forever and talk about it. You won silver with Women's Worlds in 2021. Your career through college has been incredible, and it's been set up at an incredible university. If you were to sell somebody on coming to Northeastern and playing at four Northeastern, like a recruit, another goalie, somebody that's looking around at a couple different schools. What are some of your best memories or what would be a reason that like, Hey, you got to come play here and be a difference maker at Northeastern. Um, I think there's a lot of great things I can say about the school in general and especially the hockey program. Um, I would say my teammates, um, ended up being some of my best friends still are. And I think the memories that we made and the wins that we 
um, were able to accomplish were, were not only because of the talent that we had, but also because of the kind of people we had. So I would speak to that for sure, the culture um, that the Northeastern program has and the coaching staff. Um, Coach Flint was a goalie, so he had been a huge resource to me throughout my entire time at Northeastern. And uh, he really cares about his players and he knows how to win. Um, so playing for him is something that I think is pretty special. And then Matthews, the arena is awesome. Um, gives you the opportunity to be right in Boston and have a really nice arena that still has like a historic feel to it, but our, our locker room, our weight room, everything else is renovated and really nice facility. So I think it's, it's all encompassing. It's also a great school academically, but um, you have a lot of opportunities through hockey and, and school. I, I think you hit it where you talked about being in the city of Boston and having everything around there and where Northeastern is located. The one question I wanted to ask for sure is what's it like when you have BU, BC, Harvard, everybody's right there. Like you have the bean pot, like the hockey culture is so crazy. Um, It's so intertwined, well intertwined with the city of Boston and having all these schools, literally like if, if you don't know Boston and you don't know East Coast culture and the way hockey works in Boston, you could walk or ride a bus. I mean, I, what, what's the distance to you to from you to BC? Like that's what a 15 minute bus ride. Yeah, that's right. It's it's incredibly close with all the. I thought all, you were about to say you could walk there, and I was like, you could. <laughs> yeah, if you were a real athlete, you can uh, you can make that jog, right, Kyle? Well, there's only one real athlete on the pod right now, so <laughs> we have to ask her. <laughs> um, but like the one thing that's crazy, you have the bean pot tournament, you have everything that's in Boston, you have all these schools that are stones throw away. Uh, I think that's the coolest thing on top of like, I've seen you post pictures where you go to Fenway, where you get to explore Boston, you catch a Bruins game at the garden. Um, you get to do all these historic spots. And I think the city itself of Boston sells for anyone that's thinking of coming there because coming from Shattuck, I mean, you were from New York, but coming from Shattuck and then ending up there is a big, a little bit of a difference there, eh? Yeah, big difference for sure. Um, I'm used to being around the city. Um, Growing up, I went to New York City a lot, but Boston's definitely a different feel. It's kind of a more relaxed city and it's cleaner, Um, but hockey is obviously huge there. So that's definitely a draw. I think you're, you're right about that. And obviously you have, a bunch of schools in in the Boston area, but I would have to argue that Northeastern's the best. I wonder why. Yeah, just curious. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I will say location though. It's probably I would I would argue it's probably the top location for any of the schools in Boston because you're in like the nice area of Boston, whereas like you know, not to name drop other schools, but some of them are not as not as nice to just walk outside your your campus. Yeah. Because what's that what's that area called that northeastern's in? It's like that. Uh, Fenway or Back Bay. Yeah. So wait. So is Northeastern right on Fenway? Right. It's, it's I mean, it's about five minute walk from Fenway Park. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Like all the all the good restaurants and shops are like right by by campus there. So it's like yeah. it's, it's not a bad spot. Yeah, Kyle's a big, big Boston guy wannabe. Um, how many uh, – you've been to a couple games at Fenway, right? Yeah, I've been to a couple. Can you explain to me what, what the big green monster, why they call it that? Do you have any idea? 
Uh, I mean, I'm not like that in tune with the history of Fenway Park, but I'm pretty sure it's just really hard to hit a home run there because the back wall is really high. Oh, okay. That I don't know. Sense. Kyle would probably know better than me. Yeah, I thought you were kidding about it. Like, you, you don't like the there's a lot of history behind it, but like the not wall, a baseball guy. I'm not not a baseball guy, but I just I feel like feel like you should have had some background information on that yeah i mean i'm not from boston but i yeah i did go to school there but i i only went to a couple a couple baseball games well when we go to do like our baseball podcast i'll start doing some more research on well you're the one wearing a baseball hat right now so this is just a detroit hat but it's not mlb official it doesn't have the logo it's not not legit legit um but anyways aaron what i wanted to get into next with North Northeastern and your incredible career, because you played, I mean, every year that you were there, you were a starter, 22 games, your freshman season, 29. And it just kind of went up from there, which year or which season would have been your favorite, like most memorable. Like this is the one that I I'll always cherish and remember in my teammates. Um, there's probably two years and they're very different. Uh, my freshman year, uh, it was an awesome year because I came in as a freshman and like I wasn't the starter right off the bat and I kind of had to work for it. And I got thrown into a, a lot of games halfway through and um, our other goalie was taken out. And so that season special to me because I I ultimately became the starter by the end of the year. And then we won um, hockey East for the first time in, in program history. So that's why that one's special. Um, being able to do that for the school and for Coach Flint uh, was very special for us. And I'll never forget forget that tournament win. And then um, my senior year, my true senior year, not my fifth year um, was the furthest we ever went. It was our first frozen four appearance. And um, then the first time playing the national championship game and we lost it um, in overtime, but it was a very special game to be a part of. And that team that season was definitely our strongest and um, a very, very exciting year. That game too was incredible though. Like for you guys to go back and forth to take it all the way to OT, you just and you stood on your head. It was like it was one of those where it's like, oh, this is a game worth watching for goalies. You know what I mean? Putting on a clinic. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely the underdogs going into it, so it would have been nice to win. But um, Wisconsin, obviously, is a very strong team, and they are powerhouse for women's hockey. So um, it's okay. We, we put our best foot forward and it was a good effort, but it would have been nice to come out on top. And it's tough too, because like playing out in the East, you don't get to see teams like that. Right. Because in women's hockey, there's a couple spots like Ohio state's been really good, obviously in the last couple of years, Northeastern, um, BUBC, we all kind of have those stints. And then like Wisconsin always is up there. So with them being so far out, the only time you get to see them is as you move through playoffs. And you're just kind of expecting you're watching from over the fence and like, oh, wow, they're doing really well out and uh, out there in, uh, in the Midwest. But what's it going to be like when we go to play those games? So that's the tough part about the way everything's kind of broken up. Um, but it made for a great game and it was a definitely fun watch. Obviously, we would have loved for uh, the turnout to be a little bit different there for you guys. But um, to make it that far and like you said, to have an incredible year and just make that push is is always impressive. Right. So, um. I want to kick it back to Shattuck, uh, one of the most you know notorious prep schools in in the U.S. I think you could say. Um, you were there for, like you said, your sophomore, junior, senior year. 
that's where I actually met you. I met you and uh, Abby and Malahi was there. And um, God, who else was there? He plays D3 now. He lives in Florida. Darius Bell was there. Bunch of Shattuck beauties. Um, what's the, uh, outside of the hockey and the program, what's it like going to Shattuck for a lot of people that don't know? It's awesome. I mean, I recommend it to, to basically everyone I talk to who's thinking about either sending their kid there or a kid that wants to go there. And it's definitely a different experience than uh, just going to your high school back home. You know, there's a lot more rules and you're young and you're you're leaving home uh, maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. So it's a big commitment, but it's a very special place. And um for hockey, it's, in my opinion, the best place to be, especially for, for young girls who um, are looking to get better and get committed for college. You know, you're playing with some of the best players every day. And I think that's something that I can say helped me a lot um, before my college career was I didn't get like an overwhelming amount of shots during games because my team was so strong, but I was getting to practice with some of the best players um, every day who went on to play at Minnesota, Wisconsin, BC, all of the schools. So um, it was really practice for me that that helped me there. And um, just the support staff that you get and they help with recruiting, they help with um, academics and getting you ready for college. So all around, it's a great place to be. Well, I want to double check this. Now, you helped Shattuck to a couple titles, but did you really win three USA national titles there? Yeah. So one for you, U16, and two for the U19 titles? Just incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yep. Having a run. What expect? <laughs> not, it's not even a big deal there. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's just three. Because um, I, I looked up the Shattuck stats. You posted 106 wins total, a 1.1 goals against average, and a 0.945 save percentage with 39 shutouts in the career at Shattuck. And she graduated with high honors, so... Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you kind of gave a little bit of a light to it. Like a lot of it is your team and you have a great staff. And it's interesting. Your other point, too, is like games weren't necessarily where you're battling it out and you're kind of getting a ton of experience. But when you're playing the best of the best or you're practicing, excuse me, with the best of the best in the country that are going on, that are all committed to, like you said, Wisco, Ohio State, BUBC, Northeastern, and you're getting a practice with them day in day out sometimes you're on the ice you know twice you're doing goalie sessions stuff like that and they're coming out to shoot like talk about putting yourself in a great spot to develop not only develop but get seen get eyes on you and get noticed right yeah that was the biggest thing for me when I was making decision um about whether or not to stay home or go to Shattuck it was just um it sold itself being able to live with the players work out every day with your best friends and skate. Like you said, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, that's what it was about mostly for me. And I think the amount of games that we played each year is more than, than any other team around the country was playing. So at that age, like I was just trying to play as much hockey as I could. And that was the place that let me do it. Um, well, it's kind of tough to compare because I know college is most recent and like my favorite memories were coming from school and stuff like that. But when you had to compare the three years at Shattuck versus your time at Northeastern with hockey, with your friends, with the relationships you had and all the other cool stuff you get to do, what do you think is, would you, if you could get, or you could only keep one set of memories or you could only keep one experience, which one would you keep Shattuck versus Northeastern? <laughs> It's a very difficult question. Um, 
I don't know. I don't really feel right saying either. I think they both um, have a very special place with me. I mean, I guess I can cheat a little and say Northeastern because I got to also play at Northeastern with some of my Shattuck teammates. Um, but I wouldn't give away the Shattuck memories for anything. So it's a really tough question. But Northeastern was obviously very special in a longer time period for me being five years. So I'll treat it that way. I don't want to give away five years. And, and you can just tell them it was a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening. I was like, where, where is this going? <laughs> yeah, I struggled through that when I was trying to just chew it out. Um, I mean, I mean, it's kind of crazy, though. You did go to like two of the most historic programs. I mean, Shattuck's probably the most historic for, for high school. And then obviously, what a career at Northeastern. So like, what was... I mean, what was that adjustment like going from like Minnesota and then all of a sudden back to a city again? Or was it more uh, at home feeling when you're at Boston? I think it was more at home. Um, I think going from home to Shattuck was a tougher transition because I was a lot younger and I didn't know anyone and I didn't really know what to expect. And it's kind of a rural area. I don't know if you've ever been to Faribault, Minnesota, but there's not a whole lot going on there. And there is Zippo <laughs> in Faribault. There is nothing around besides a little Creek and like a steel mill right off that Creek. There is. Nothing. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's an interesting location for sure. The, the what's going on there is Shattuck. So that's really all there is to it. So I think that was the harder transition and um, finding things to do for us on the weekends. You know, we didn't, there wasn't really that much, um, and then Boston just was awesome. Obviously, so many things to do and um, so many people to college town. Oh, yeah. So you're, did, did you go your true like freshman year to Shattuck then? Or did you do any years at your normal high school? I did one year at my normal high school, my freshman year, and then sophomore through senior year, I was at Shattuck. Okay. And then did you have to adjust to like doing your own laundry there and you're kind of on your own for food or how was that stuff stuff like because obviously you're moving out of the house at like what was what that 15 maybe uh, yeah I think I was 13 um oh, or yeah. 14 maybe um but yeah it's that that part is tough um yes you're doing your own laundry they do feed you though there's a dining hall um so you don't have to worry about that stuff but it's definitely different you have to be independent from a younger age and you know I had friends that went to Shattuck as eighth graders and I can't even imagine that that's a lot <laughs> younger than I was um being a sophomore going into it but I think there are things that you need to adjust to but I think uh it ultimately helps just prepare you for college right because that's just stuff you're gonna have to do inevitably and doing it at younger age just makes transition smoother to college for sure now i want to go back and you know defend myself on that question because i thought boston and northeastern would have easily wiped out shattuck because by the time you get to northeastern and you become of age to have you know a couple beverages and some pops out mm -hmm. at the uh local you know uh bars and everything like that like boston in terms of town and like like I know I knew Jake Toy and Primo when they were going there. The stuff and like the cool places you get to hang out in Boston and all these different little spots is so cool. Um, so that's I guess why I was asking or how I was trying to steer that question very poorly that's though. Fair. That's fair. Okay. Um you're looking for a specific answer there. Yeah, I was just trying to like, hey, like Boston's yeah. sick. Um, but anyways, I do want to bring up and I forgot I was I, like I said, I just have this endless list of stats and incredible things that you feeded. Um, but you had five shutouts in a row and you broke the school shutout record with 27. And then you had, what was it? You finished that year with nine. So you 
realistically at the end of the career, because the last page I saw Northeastern was from 2021 season. You did you end up with over 30 shutouts for your career at Northeastern? I actually have no idea. I don't really look at that stuff. <laughs> when you're when you're winning all the time, you don't really got to worry about your own individual stats. I I'd love to know what that's like. But <laughs> um, well, I, I was looking at this other one you wrote down, and I was like, I see a uh, 0.891 percentage, and I was like, oh, that seems kind of average. That's not save percentage. It's winning percentage. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like nine out of ten games you're winning. Yeah, anytime you put Franklin in the net, it's a win. It's like a big <laughs> deal. It's a bet. So, got to get that on the uh, the sports book there. Um, no, I wanted. I do want to kick it back because I got a funny picture and a funny story from somebody uh, that's very close to you, Aaron. But when you were in Westchester, you played ten U, twelve U, fourteen U, all for the same association. Was that co-ed or were you doing like girls only at that time? Or was it a little bit of both like 10, 12 and then switch to 14 you? How did that all work? Um, I only played boys um, going up to Shattuck. I played with the Westchester Vipers youth organization. It's a tier two boys team that the rink is like 10 minutes from my house. Um, so I played there from the day I started hockey uh, till the day I left for Shattuck essentially. So I did do some like spring tournaments on the girls side um, and summer stuff like that. But, but I was just purely with that organization all throughout youth hockey. So I have like, there's a handful of goalies that I'm working with and some of the girls are kind of always asking like, Hey, should I go? Should we, move to like the families and everything should we move to girls only should we stay with like the co-ed or with the boys and stuff like that and having done it for all the way up to 14 you with the vipers what's some of your advice and your outlook on like your experience with uh with doing that up until shattuck yeah whenever i get that question i i always try to tell people that it's it doesn't really matter it's more about the right fit for you and I think um, if you're someone that's passionate about hockey and you work hard and um, you're doing the right things for yourself personally it doesn't really matter if you're playing girls or boys hockey and uh, I've had so many teammates throughout my career and everyone's route to college hockey looks very different um, I've known players that have played girls their whole youth career, and then they go and they commit to a division one school. And um, one of my goalie partners uh, at the Westchester Vipers actually made that switch to girls um, way earlier than I did. And she ended up going to Quinnipiac and having an awesome career there. So it just, it doesn't really matter in my opinion. I think playing with the boys um, always challenged me because growing up in this area, there wasn't a lot of high level girls hockey, but if you're a girl from Chicago and Minnesota, there's no lack of good girls talent. So then there's no reason why you can't play with the girls. But for me, it was, um, it was a decision I made to challenge myself. And um, I started playing with the boys at a young age and there was never really a point that I felt like I wanted to switch. Um, and I think people sometimes worry about getting exposure to college coaches if they're playing with the boys, but I think they find you um, and doing the spring tournaments. Like I said, the summer stuff is, is also a good way to, um, to market yourself. Yeah. Because uh, some of the, the kids and goalies we deal with here in Michigan, like you said, um she's doing a lot well she's still playing boys hockey and she's going into 
Oh my god, I think it's 14U. So she's playing boys up into 14U, but through the summer, I mean, every summer it's always like, oh, there's a bean pot tournament. Oh, we're going to Boston. We're doing this. We're doing that. So that's a good way, like you said, to get noticed. And I, I think, uh, they just had a tournament out in the in Blaine in Minnesota, which was like a giant girls showcase for 14U because I think that's the year before schools can kind of start talking to you. Okay that's right or wrong i don't know um so she went to that and it's a good way to get noticed so like you said there's a bunch of different routes to go at it it's just whether or not you know like do you really want to pursue hockey is that truly what you're passionate about is that the route that you want to go right yeah that sounds right um i do have a question uh that i have to ask because from what i understand your face-off statistics do you know the offhand i mean i from this interview i've learned that you really don't know your stats but do you know your face-off statistics by chance no, i don't know any of them <laughs> okay well i think you're one and oh i talked to shout out to your brother um he gave us some insight here and i want to share screen and uh you had a game when you were with the westchester vipers and based on the story that i was told your coach at the time Actually, I can bring it up real quick. Your coach at the time, from what I was told, um, said that the last five parents that are up with them, him, the coach at night, uh, have to take the opening face off. And because one of your parents was out with him, you ended up taking the draw there. That's right. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough spot to be in at, at that I, I time. Want it, I want it, though. I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> one handed win, too. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Um, also still in the Vaughn gloves there. That's some, yeah. that's some brand loyalty right there. Ed. You got it. Born and raised. Um, The thing about this, though, that I do have a question on, like this was at a Silver Sticks tournament. It wasn't just some like throwaway like upstate or like a local like, oh, we're going to do like we have all these like grinders for kids now where it's like, oh, it's the Christmas showdown or whatever. And they play like four games in two days. This was a silver sticks tournament. What was this coach like when you were there? Um, he was he was interesting. Um, I I also owe a good amount of my success to him. He he pushed me throughout my my, my youth career. Um, you could say that uh, he's a funny guy. He um, he had been coaching for the Westchester Vipers probably for he's still coaching there. I, you got to say like 20 years now. And um, <laughs> he had two successful sons. Um, one went on to play at St. Lawrence and the other one, I don't remember the school, but he had two really good hockey players at home and um, he cared a lot about us. And he, he definitely liked to do funny things like you see right here. So it's, if anyone knows him, it wouldn't be surprising. Do you, I know this is a long time ago now, but do you remember if you were pumped up to take that draw or were you nervous? I think I didn't believe him that he was actually going to put me out there for it. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then he's like, nope, you're going. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe, uh, shout out to your brother, Jake. He sent that to me and I was just like, oh, this is gold. Um, <laughs> to get stuck taking the draw is beautiful. Um, I did want to ask more a little bit about Boston here. What were some of your, uh, your favorite uh, hangout spots when you were down there? Um, so I like to go to the beach around there during the summer. Um, in Boston, is that a yeah, thing? There's two that I go to. Um, one is called Carson Beach, it's in South Boston. 
And the other is Urel Beach in Winthrop, which is kind of by the airport. But they're actually both pretty nice beaches for being right in the middle of the city. And um, you kind of feel like you're getting away from the city. So those those two are big spots for me in spring and summer. I didn't realize Boston had that. The more we're talking about it, it seems like a more uh, attractive place to move to. Oh, yeah. Um, fishing. I saw you had a picture of a sick fish that you caught one time. You big in big in a fishing out there out in Boston? <laughs> Not big into it. Uh, that's something that I've picked up. Thanks to my Shattuck friends. Um, a lot of them are from Minnesota and they have a lot of, a lot of lakes there. So over the summer, I like to visit them. And um, a few years ago, I started kind of a tradition and uh, every July 4th weekend, I didn't get to do it this summer, unfortunately, but I would go um, to Minnesota and fish with one of my good friends um, from Shattuck. Do you like, do they live in Faribault or like, are they closer to the cities or? Uh, no, they live in East Grand Forks, which is very close to North Dakota, actually. Oh, um, you're out there. Yeah, that's like the sticks, but we actually drive even further north um, towards Canada and go to Lake of the Woods. You've probably never heard of it. It's, no, it's no, I do know Lake of the Woods. I'm excited. We just talked to Alex Lyon because he's from, is it, is it Bodette, Minnesota? Yeah. But yeah, Bodette, Minnesota, Lyon's from there. And he said, uh, like for the longest time when he grew up until he went to play in a tournament, like when he was 15 and down in the cities, he had never seen a streetlight before. Yeah, it's definitely a different feel up there. Um, it's not somewhere I'd want to live like full time, but I really enjoy visiting and getting to fish. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, Minnesota is one of those spots. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Kyle, what do you say? They have the biggest ball of yarn. What's that attraction that Minnesota has? The largest ball of yarn or whatever? Um, yeah, we were just there like yesterday. So, or two days ago. But we saw, I mean, yeah, there's not much there. But there's like jokes of like what you go to see there. <laughs> well, well, I in think Minnesota, outside of the Twin Cities, there is not, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. But um, I did want to see uh, the bean pot experience. What's that like playing against all those local schools? It's very fun. It's super competitive. It's different, definitely, than regular season and playoffs. Because um, it's a totally have... like thing where you take Boston pride in that, right? Like this oh, is yeah. like it's a big deal to compete against everybody that's in town. It is. It's it's most important to our local girls and. Um, especially the players that have grown up in Massachusetts and in the new England area. It's very special for them. Cause like I didn't personally grow up watching the games, but a lot of the girls and players on the men's team grew up just going to the bean pot every year and being super excited about it. So then um, giving their own opportunity to play in it, it's very special and exciting. And um, it's different. Like I said, like we came in last place, I think two of my years when we were the strongest team, the only team ranked maybe in the top 10 that year, but didn't win the bean pot. Um, we only won it one of my five years. So it's definitely a different tournament. Anyone can win it. It's only two games and um, it's exciting. It's awesome. Do you have a, a, a Southie impression? No, come on. I, I don't have any impressions. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was hoping for a little bossy Southie impression. Um, 
I do want to ask, this is kind of where we end and uh, we take it to a random spot where we just kind of ask off the wall questions. I do want to know if you could replace grass with anything in the world, what would it be? Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate lawns? Living, living in a Willy Wonka. <laughs> go outside. And... <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I guess then you wouldn't have to cut it. But what happens when you get like 90 degree summers? What happens to your chocolate? Um, becomes like fondue. So it just kind of melts and then it, it retains its like retains its shape, I guess, in the front of your house. But now it's just like a dip. You go out there with yeah. marshmallows and fruit. Exactly. I guess that wouldn't be bad. You just have to kind of find a way to navigate bugs and worms out of there. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's somebody figure something out. Um, do you have a favorite Teletubby? No. Okay. <laughs> do you agree? That might yeah. be too, uh, too dated of a show. Yeah, I don't know that show really. <laughs> the last two the last two episodes I did were without Kyle. Um and they were with older guests. So I was able to ask about AOL and MySpace. Um, typically, like like Aaron, you probably never had a screen name growing up. Thankfully, no. <laughs> are you are you okay? Are you are you a TikToker then? No. No. Okay. Just not a big social media. Uh, I mean, I like social media to an extent, but I think kids are getting on it way too young now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, so what do you use on your phone a lot then? Like when you're when you're looking through apps and you're killing time, what do you like to use? Um, I like Instagram. Do you do a lot of that? Like, what is it? Reels? You surf through the reels? I don't do reels. I just look at what my friends are getting up to. That's cool. Um, do you agree that the dancing thumbs from Spy Kids are the most horrific fictional characters? I don't know Spy Kids. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that because that's absolutely yes. I don't even know where you came up with that question, but <laughs> Aaron, you might actually have to watch the movie now, and you're okay. not gonna believe it. But like the like the villain in this movie is like literally like like thumbs. Yeah, like I have to watch that. Yeah. Can we just dial it back? Because Kyle, you know what that is. Like Aaron, you're 23, right? Yeah. So like that's not like that that's not an age thing right that's, oh, that's just within, that's within the window that's yes okay because I'm I'm gonna start to feel bad here because I just I don't really understand yeah. um how old I guess I am I'm I'm only turning twenty nine yeah but anyways this is what they look like I've never seen that before in my life <laughs> so yeah you got to go watch Spy Kids watch the trilogy incredible uh cinematic masterpiece um what's that guy's name Buscemi uh, is it Bruce no what's Buscemi's name Steve Buscemi um delivers an incredible line that he kind of just came up impromptu and he, he ran it on his own and uh it's very it's very deep it hits home and it asks a lot of the questions that we should be asking at home but I'm gonna wait for you to see that on your own and then we can revisit this and we can talk about your review and okay. kind of uh give your take on the movies um what do you think is the most attractive planet in the solar system? The most attractive? Most attractive planet. I don't know. Earth? Why? I don't know. I'm not really sure what I would do on any of the other planets. That's fair. That's oh. fair. 
um the sun is also kind of attractive everyone's always kind of staring at it right yeah too hot though a little bit a little bit warm a little bit warm and it's it's getting warmer all the time from what we understand um Aaron would you ever question a bald man wearing a hairnet no you're a polite person you let a lot of let a lot of like weird things go in your life coming from New York. Like you see a lot of weird stuff and it's just like, oh no, this makes sense. No, I just let people do their thing. I respect that. I respect that. You have a lot of patience. Um lastly, the only question that I the last question I have here is uh how would you describe the color orange to a blind person? Um, I would say it's a warm color. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's not red or yellow. <laughs> Other colors that they haven't seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can appreciate it. Um, I got a few. What's, uh, what would you say is the most overrated and the most underrated thing in Boston? Okay. Um, I would say the most underrated is the beaches because people don't really go there that much. They don't really know about them. And most overrated is probably Boston University. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Stirring the pot. <laughs> That's exactly what we wanted to hear. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll want to hit some of the originals of the uh, Starbucks versus Duncan. Absolutely. I mean, well, no. Well, yeah, because she she's coming from New York. So, yeah, I get fired up. Um, I like Duncan. Yeah, I feel like you have, you've lived in Boston five years. You kind of have to adapt to it because otherwise there aren't, there aren't many other options. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What would you say is like the best food spot? You, are you a North End Italian or Chinatown or just good old fast food? I would say the North End um, has really good Italian food. Um, I like sushi a lot, and we have a good place on campus. Is uh, what's it? Does Legal Seafood have good sushi, or are they too like too much of a chain restaurant to have? Yeah, I don't really think they have sushi, but it's been a while since I've been to one of those, so I'm not sure. On the topic of sushi, what's your go-to like roll? Is it uh, tempura shrimp? Is it salmon, spicy salmon, tuna? What do you like spicy to get? Tuna. Do you eat wasabi with it? Sometimes. Oh, so you're not afraid of the heat then? No. <laughs> I appreciate it. I like that because uh, usually whenever we go to sushi places, I have to ask for like more wasabi. Because mm-hmm. by the time I mix it in, it's just not hot enough. You really got to get like that burn going. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what else you got? Oh, I don't. I don't have the list, so I was just kind of. Oh, you're just free freewheeling it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Coke or Pepsi? I don't drink soda. No soda. No, not for any reason. Just don't really do it. Would you say you're like the Nate McKinnon of girls hockey then? <laughs> um, like healthy. Yeah, like not like nothing bad's going in your body. Like just no, I eat like a lot of ice cream. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So we hit. What's the your your favorite? Or are you a Ben and Jerry's person or no? 
Yeah, I'm an everything ice cream person. Okay, so what's the best Ben and Jerry's flavor? I like half baked. Okay. Have you ever had Superman ice cream before, Aaron? Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> I like things is... like with chocolate. It's just this attack on me today. Um, so chocolate. Well, I guess anything like that. Cold Stone, though. Are you a big Cold Stone fan? I do like Cold Stone. Okay, what's the go-to at Cold Stone? What's the order? Um, chocolate ice cream with like sprinkles and Reese's. Oh, you don't do like any of the mixes or anything. You do your own little. I've tried them? some of them before. Well, Founder's favorite. We can't skip over this. She just called them sprinkles. Yeah. So you haven't, you're not on the Jimmy bandwagon in Boston? No, nah, I think they're sprinkles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That one's outside my wheelhouse. Do people call sprinkles Jimmy's? In Boston, they call them Jimmy's. Yeah. Really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That was like a big thing. And I, I was never even like, I didn't understand that one either, but that's a pretty popular. Yeah. Can I get a vanilla cone with some Jimmy's on it? Yeah. <laughs> no. What? It's gross. Who even who would think of that? Um, no. Um, but yeah, Cold Stone, founder's favorite. Aaron, you gotta you gotta get into that. Okay. Um, what's your favorite set of gear that you've worn so far? Because you wore stuff through Shattuck, you wore Vaughn stuff as a kid, and obviously all through Northeastern, and then you have some other pads that uh I don't I we've posted those, your red, white, and blue pulses. What's been your favorite set? <laughs> Um, I think my most recent Northeastern pair that I'm still wearing that has gold on them. I like those because, um, the gold comes from our third jerseys and we actually start wearing them a lot, um, my junior and senior year. So I thought those were pretty cool and unique. I was always going to ask, cause I never, you know, you and Scotty go back and forth when you design your stuff and build your next set and your gear. So I was always curious, like, where does the gold come from? But it's obviously, like you said, from those third jerseys. Very cool. Kyle, you got anything else? Um, I don't know. I guess did we do we really go into what you're doing exactly next year? Oh, yeah. Or, well, we kind of talked about that at sorry okay. at the goalie camp, but Aaron, okay. what's uh what's the plan moving forward? I know it's all kind of there's a lot a handful yeah. of options and everything's kind of uh I think it's safe to say like the status on women's hockey between like the leagues and what's going on is all there's a little bit of friction, I guess, but uh, do you kind of know what you want to do? Um, I'm TBD at the moment still. I have uh, tryouts um, Monday and um, yeah, I guess those will somewhat determine what I do next year, but I'm still still leaving my options open. Um, yeah. Like the new end up which is now the p phf or phl sorry performance hockey league or is it going to be with the pwhpa um these trials are for the world championship oh sorry worlds okay oh that's fine yeah where where's that uh where's worlds going to be at for the skate is it going to be boston or minnesota or uh for tryouts yeah tryouts are in buffalo new york oh you go up to buff oh yeah where all the festivals are at that makes sense. Um, well, good luck. Thank you. Good luck with World's Tryouts. Crush it. Um, I know you got that pad back. Everything's kind of broken in. Feels good. Everything's tweaked, right? Mm -hmm. So we're mint going into tryouts. We feel good. Yeah. 
we just got to dial it back a little bit on the ice cream for the next couple of days. That's all right. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll hit it hard after tryouts though. You got to, at the end of the day, all you got to do, it's the goal. You just got to earn it. Right. Yeah. Have some great skates. And then we're going right back to Ben and Jerry's half baked. Um, Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, I greatly appreciate the time. We both do. Um, it was great chatting with you and we can't wait to see what's up uh, as you move forward. And we can't wait to see your name on the list after world uh, world's trouts. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll see you.